I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. I am your host, Mike Madison. I'm going to get back to kind of an old format today. We're going to do a bit of a deep dive. It's very difficult being cut down to two hours a week with so much news, so many different stories that I believe I view so differently than everybody else. I, I almost find myself trying to cover too much. And for the longest time, when I had 10 hours a week, this show was really what I considered kind of like uh, album rock. You remember the album rock stations? They didn't just play the hits. They'd play some of the deep cuts. And that's what I liked about my show when I was full-time here at WYAB. And uh, I was able to really dive into some topics. Well, we're going to today because there's a movement coming. Something kind of bubbling up here in the United States that... uh, I've been talking about it since the day I came here. If you knew me in my personal life, I've been talking about it for about 15 years. I think it's finally here. And it should be kind of interesting to see uh, what shape it takes. So we'll get to that in just a minute. I've talked a lot about the fact I'm I'm kind of window shopping the country and I watch a lot of expat videos of somewhere to, to live a, a relaxing retirement when I decide to finally... Just sit back and relax. Now, I, I may be like the other people I reported on last week, Americans that just cannot retire. You're going to have to work until you drop dead on the work site. But if I do want to find some level of comfort and calm, I don't believe it's going to be in the United States. <laughs> but there has been a dark horse. A dark horse has emerged on my quest to find somewhere to expat to while Americans continue their misguided attempts to try to take this country back by fighting with each other. So if the United States falls into an abyss, the dark horse, Argentina. Argentina's the the front runner for the president and uh, the person who won the last, they they apparently do, and I didn't look into the format, but they have a, a series of elections down there to determine who is the president of Argentina. The first round went to a libertarian. His name is uh, Javier Milei, M-I-L-E-I. I may be mispronouncing that, but um, he wants to uh, he wants to eliminate their central bank. I saw a video of him where he they had dummied up a building that looked like their central bank, and he was whacking at it with a stick like a piñata. Now, of course, for the people of Argentina, it took them about a dozen currency crises. Uh, to get to the point where they learned their lesson. 
This is why it's so difficult for me here to talk about the Federal Reserve. We haven't seen the huge currency crisis yet. God save, God help us if it takes us 10 of them to figure it out. But the people of Argentina have now got a libertarian poised to take over. There's already memes going out saying that the CIA will kill this guy. But the people of Argentina are now smarter than Americans, or at least through lived experience. They finally learned their lesson. i got to make sure I can lay my hands on a passport to one of the freest places in the world, maybe in Argentina, of all places. Of course, the bankers will not be happy about this. So expect, should this man actually take some level of power in Argentina, uh, expect the U.S.-led banker, economic hitmen, or possibly the jackals, to try to stir up trouble down there. So if you start seeing... Uh, trouble in the streets, troops committed, the U.N. taking action uh, against Argentina, you'll know why. They're actually trying to set themselves free. Meanwhile, back here in America, where the banksters and the two major political parties are firmly in control of our political class, homelessness up 11% in one year. This was reported by the Wall Street Journal. The previous record increase was 2.7%. The last time there was a big increase in homelessness, it was 2.7%. We just had an 11% jump in this country. And this is when they tell us we have 3.5% unemployment. I don't have time to get into those numbers every time they come out, but what we saw last time... I. I don't even want to guesstimate, but it was hundreds of thousands of part-time jobs were gained in the last jobs report that beat estimates. But there were hundreds of thousands of full-time jobs that were lost. This is how you get to a 3.5% unemployment rate. At the same time, you have an 11% year-over-year increase in homelessness. So with uh, homelessness going up by 11% in this country, with a 3.5% reported unemployment rate, what happens when that goes to 5 or 6%? And the Federal Reserve, our central bank, that none of the politicians running for office, and I include your faves, none of them are talking the way that the Argentinian libertarians talking about getting rid of the central bank. Our central bank, the Federal Reserve, has said explicitly and directly that one of their current goals is to actually increase unemployment. In this country, they believe that that will help tame inflation. That's right. To fix the mess that the Federal Reserve, the central bank created, they are actually, their goal right now, their target is to increase unemployment, to knock millions of Americans out of jobs. They caused this mess, and their solution to it is you need to lose your job. A bunch of y'all need to lose your jobs so you quit spending money, so you reduce demand, and we think that'll solve some of the inflation problem that we created. <laughs> this is the central bank, and not one politician in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party is talking at all about this institution who has come on stage behind mahogany podiums and said, yeah, we need to raise unemployment. That's kind of a sterile way of saying, we need some people to get canned. We need some people to lose their jobs. 
That's their stated purpose right now. You can actually look this up. So when I come back, we're gonna. This is the deep dive we're gonna do today because there is a movement, and it needs direction. It really needs uh, information, and it's something that I've been warning about on this show for seven years in my private life, about fifteen years. When I get to the topic on the other side of this break, you'll understand. Oh yeah, I've heard him talk about that before. Maybe ad nauseum. Maybe you didn't want to hear it four or five years ago. That's ridiculous, Mike. Well, it's coming to pass, and the evidence is everywhere. We'll get to that when we come back. Stick around. I was born a shotgun in my hands Behind the gun, I'll make my final stand Yeah, and that's why they call me I have been seeing a lot of videos posted online of good, decent, working people bemoaning what is happening to them financially. Uh, several of them from Canada. I don't know what they got going up, uh, on in Canada, but apparently they are suffering some huge uh, inflationary pressures up there as well. But I'm seeing more and more of uh, of these videos. These are not... Uh, some entitled person sitting around bemoaning the fact that they're not being given this and given that. No, these are what were formerly known as middle-class people just trying to live their lives, and they are taking to social media to express their frustration. I'm going to play one of them, and I probably could have picked from about a dozen, but I thought this was pretty good illustration. I've got several clips today um, to really show you what's going on. Well, I'll go ahead and let this woman speak. She's gone viral because this is resonating with a lot of people, and I would imagine a lot of the people that are listening to this station right now. I am so tired of feeling helpless as a parent. Yes, my kids are grown adults. My oldest is 28. My youngest is 25. And I thought by teaching them what I learned, which is you work hard, you get a good job, you're going to get the things in life that you need, right? Worked for me. Why wouldn't it work for them? Because it doesn't. Because the world is changed all right and now i feel like i see them struggling and before my generation comes at me yes i understand struggling is a part of life we all struggled but there's a difference between struggling and drowning all right so we struggled and it was tough but you know what we made it we knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel with our struggle it seems like kids today no matter how much they struggle they just get further and further down the water into the drowning point all right when i was their age i was making less than ten dollars an hour and I can afford to live on my own. Now you have to be making six-figure salary to get a decent, tiny little place to live. So what the f*** is going on and how do we help them as parents? I told my son, all you have to do is work hard, go to college, or join the military like I did. Um, he went to college, got his degree, got a full-time job. He moved back in with me right when he graduated from college because he said, hey, mom, as soon as I get a job, which was within two weeks of him getting out of college, um, maybe take me two months and I'll save up enough money for me to move out. Okay, cool. It's been 10 months. He has saved almost every dime and still can't afford to live. Why are one bedroom studio apartments almost $2,000 a month? Why? Like, I, I just don't get it. So I don't even think that there's even classes anymore. There used to be, uh, you know, upper class, middle class, lower class. It's literally turning into the ultra wealthy and then everybody else is just poor. Yeah. And this is... <laughs> I kind of like it 
I'll, I'll say it. Maybe I've got a bit of an ego. Uh, but see, th- I've, I've been warning about this for a while because, you know, the middle class, the upper middle class, the, you know, people in Madison, Mississippi, that, that kind of what used to be referred to as yuppies. They've been disengaged. They, they haven't really cared. They've been really able to kind of sit in judgment of people who aren't succeeding and have said, you just need to work harder. I worked hard. You should work hard. Now, a lot of those people that I know, their their ditties gave them a business <laughs> or their folks bought a bunch of land somewhere that cashed out. And, they, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people hit a lot of luck and think it was really great effort on their part, that they're 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 truly exceptional human beings. When a lot of us have been given uh, great advantages in life, but we can sit in judgment of other people. Anyway, I've warned since I came on this air and for years and years before that, this is this, this inflation, this central bank, this Congress that can't control itself and has to print money to plug the holes in our national spending and our state spending and our local spending everywhere. This debt-based society, uh, inflation and, and eroding the cost of living is like flood water. It gets the lower classes first. And so we've been watching that for decades. We've seen the, the poor and the working poor falling farther and farther behind. We've watched the wealth inequality gap, but people didn't really care about it. But that, those waters are rising, rising, rising. And now, as this woman says, look, there basically are no classes now. It is going to be the oligarchs and the serfs. And a lot of people who thought they were going to be very comfortable. And, and the reason that this gets me, I mean, we've, we've just had this phenomenon of the rich men uh, north of, uh, excuse me, yeah, the rich men north of Richmond song. I don't have it queued up to play it. it it's great. The guy's got a fantastic voice. I love the fact that he hit a nerve. Very bizarre that it's turned into a part, partisan thing that they left somehow. The, the left that used to champion working people in this country against the uber wealthy. The left now thinks this is somehow a right wing song, but the guy is just singing about the fact that this is what we have come into. I've spent seven years explaining to you the battle. You're fighting a battle from like the I don't even know when it was appropriate. The 80s, the 90s, this left versus right, me versus my neighbor, because the placard in their yard isn't the guy that I like. You're fighting, uh, you're like people still fighting the Civil War, North versus South. The, The battle is no longer between right or left. They want you. They want you in the battle between right and left, between black and white. They want you in those pitched battles between gay and straight. They want you in those battles because if we ever actually figured it out and realized the real struggle in this country is between the money masters and all the rest of us, that would be big problems for the ruling class. So they keep you in the right, left, Republican, Democrat, black, white. They keep you in that pitched battle so you can't take, you don't have the time. You can't take a breath from the culture war these days to understand your country's been looted from you. And so, as as I say, this has been my message for quite a while, and now I'm seeing these middle-class people. These middle-class people are coming out, some of them with tears in their eyes. I mean, we have just had a record number of suicides in this country, too, and I believe one of the largest drivers of that kind of stuff is financial. Financial pressures, particularly when you have uh, children, when there are people counting on you, are tremendous. I've been there. 
And so, you know, you should listen to this, too, because another point I've made consistently is you want to understand why the young kids are socialists now? Because they think that that may be their only hope. Even their parents know them working hard and graduating from college and being saddled with all that debt and then trying to go out and make it on their own. Now, I'm not saying it's hopeless. You do have to work hard. Sometimes you have to, you have to play the hand that you're dealt. It's not a reason to just sit on your butt and cry. You've got to go for it, but it sure would be nice if the older generations, the boomers before you exit stage left, my generation, Gen X, if we caught a clue. I wish this woman understood why the standard of living, why the American dream is being ripped out of her children's hands. And it's central banking and it's a political class that has decided that their power and profit is much more important. That The printing of money for decades and decades to facilitate a debt-based economy has eroded the standard of living in this country. Oh, you've got an iPhone and you're able to finance a car now for 96 months so you can get that $80,000 family SUV. I mean, we're debt slaves in this country. Absolute debt slaves. But go ahead and fight your neighbor. <laughs> fight your neighbor. Cheer on another. And, and again, not one candidate in either one of the major political parties in this country is addressing this issue at all. Do you ever notice they don't ever talk about the Federal Reserve? It's why it's not interesting for people to listen to me about it. That's, why is he talking about that? That's so boring. They, they want it to be boring. They want it to be a very gray, monotonous, monotone topic so that people tune it out. It's much more sexy to come on here and talk about the trannies. It's much more engaging and talk radio to do these kinds of things. They, they want that to be boring and fly under the radar while you latch on to every, every little time a, a leftist burps. Now, some people have caught on to this, and this is the Libertarian Party. People who profess to be libertarians understand the system. They've been screaming about it for 40 years. Almost 50 years now since the founding uh, of the Libertarian Party back in the 1970s. Now, this is Clint Russell. He was on Tim Pool's show. I, I, I mean, I've listened to a little bit of time. I'm not a huge Tim Pool fan. He does some good interviews. He's done extremely well. But he says something on here that I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to point out again. But this is Clint Russell. He hosts a, a podcast called Liberty Lockdown. He's a libertarian guy explaining this situation to the American people. And I wish that this would get to that, that middle-class mom who is so worried about her kids. You need to understand what the problem is. You're not going to fix it by just complaining about it on Twitter. I understand it. It should be brought up. This is going to be a moment where people realize, I mean, more and more people in the middle class are struggling now. we got credit card debt over a trillion dollars. They say all of the excess savings that was racked up when Trump and Congress sent out all the stimmies, they locked you in your house and then sent you $1,200. All that savings runs out in the third quarter of this year. We already have record credit card debt. What happens when this little bit of savings that is somehow still circulating out there, people held on to, when that's gone? I, I want to like really emphasize to the conservative audience that's listening right now, it's, incum it's incumbent upon you guys to understand that it is Federal Reserve policy that is making it so challenging to have household formation, to get married, to have kids. All of these things that you guys consistently lament, you miss the biggest factor. Is that Amen. I did another point of this show for seven years now, just about. 
been saying all of the things that everybody's whining about on the right and the left. The, the nexus is this system that we have allowed to metastasize and to abuse us all. Fatherless homes. We're not making families. People aren't having children. Kids are too you know, obsessed with their careers to have children. No, they have to be obsessed with their careers. They're struggling to make ends meet. So all of these conservative principles that everybody wants to see arise in society, it is actually this system that is stopping those things from happening. I would say the same thing to the left. The left, all of the things you complain about, it's not fair here. We don't have any money here. It's because you're, you, you've got money. It's just not worth anything. It's, it's almost ironic and funny. It wasn't that long ago that it was the, remember, the left was the fight for 15, the $15 minimum wage. Well, it's here. Employers now are forced to pay just about $15 for darn near every job out there. But it doesn't make any difference. What does $30,000 a year buy anybody these days? Any kind of quality of life? No. Because the Democrats are out there pandering to people saying, you're making 10 right now, we're trying to give you a 50% raise, vote for us. But they're also spending so much money that more gets printed up. So that raise that they're promising you, it's not going to change your life. You're going backwards. Your real income, even if you go $5 ahead an hour from 10 to $15, your standard of living is actually going backwards because the Democrats are also spending trillions of dollars they don't have and diluting the value of that $15 you're getting. They now need to fight for what, 25, 30? And that's going to be the endless cycle. That inflation has forced both parents into the workforce and it has made it incredibly and increasingly challenging to be a parent, to get married, to buy a home. All of these things are Federal Reserve policy. Uh, you know, oh, oh, yeah, but that, that's only a, the government a, can do this. Type that's of a damage. large component of it, but cultural issues. Of course. I think. Very- See, this is this is Tim Pool. Yeah, 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 but let's the culture war. I'm telling you, even the culture war is rooted in this desperation. You don't have a whole lot of people looking for microaggressions if they're happy and productive in their lives. I'm telling you, a lot of this strife that goes on in the streets, a lot of even the weirdness, if you have a prosperous country where people are able to just go out and live their lives and provide for the, their necessities, you just don't have this level of dissatisfaction. You don't have riots in the streets. You don't have these people aren't sick because they've got to get to work. They've got to get to work to maintain a good quality life. The good quality of life has been stripped from them, so they basically got nothing to lose. That's why they go out into the streets. That's why the weird cultural things happen. It's not 100% of it. But I have said, since I've been on this air, all of this stuff is rooted in our financial system. Very important, too. It's hand in hand. I, I, I think cultural is the bigger those issue. Those central banks, well, they're, they're all kind of controlling and manipulating the media, which is manipulating the culture, too. Because why are people not more up in arms about the Federal Reserve? If they knew, if you knew that that private bank was disrupting your life, you would have taken it back if, 100 years if, ago. If, <laughs> you would think. But again, ne- neither political party is talking about this. That's why people aren't up in arms. Because they're not told. They weren't told it by Rush Limbaugh. Such a swing and a miss. Such a swing and a miss for the conservative movement that you've been led by Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh. Not to denigrate the great Rush Limbaugh who basically put talk radio on the map. All kudos to him for that. But boy, did he leave a lot of stuff off. He's the same guy who tried to sell you Mitt Romney and John McCain. 
he sold you the Republican establishment for 30, 40 years, however long he was doing his his thing. God love him for perfecting the art of political talk radios, more talented than I am, better voice than me, certainly <laughs> wildly more successful. Unfortunately, boy, did he leave off some big things that he should have tackled if he was really interested in maintaining the country. When I come back, a couple of quotes of the day. I'm late to get into them today. And then a couple of quotes from the banker class today. It's just uh, <laughs> the battle is no longer left to right. If you're still battling that, you can disagree. You can disagree. But if you want to put your energy somewhere where it matters, we are now in a class war. And it's 99.9% against the 0.1%. Can you imagine how effective that victory could be and how quick it could happen? If people realize that, but they keep you distracted, they're going to have you in a pitched battle for 2024, even though neither Joe Biden or whoever replaces that dementia patient, whoever replaces him won't say anything about it. Donald Trump doesn't say anything about the Federal Reserve. And while Donald Trump was in office, the Federal Reserve got more powerful than ever. In his final year in office, he wanted them to print more money, even though they printed more money in Donald Trump's last year, than in the history of mankind, any central bank anywhere. They came out more powerful out of his term. He's not going to turn them back. He's the king of debt. He loves it. He's benefited from it. The people who played that game are the billionaire class. I hate to break it to you. He made his money off of this system. He's sure as hell not going to tear it down. Quotes from some people who did understand how bad this system was for our country when we come back. Stick around. A little bit of loneliness, a little bit of disregard. Handful of complaints, but I can't help the fact that everyone can see these scars. What I want you to want, what I want you to feel. But it's like no matter what I do, I can't convince you to just believe this is real. So let go of watching you turn your back like you always do. Face away and pretend that I'm not. But I'll be here because you're all that I got. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. I know I'm not breaking any new ground for this show, talking about the Federal Reserve and our system here, but I'm trying to capitalize on this moment. The rich men north of Richmond, all the people that are posting to social media how hard it is to make things work. And I, I especially appreciated the woman who was concerned for her children because this has also been a refrain of the Mike Madison Show since I've been on air. The fact we are such an irresponsible group of adults that we have allowed this to happen. And now we are basically uh, if you succeeded in the in the 1980s, 1990s, you think you really knocked the cover off the ball. You essentially got in on that time in history in the United States when we got some new credit cards. It's a faux prosperity. I'm not saying you didn't work hard. You didn't create things. You didn't make good decisions. But the the greases were the skids were greased for you. Because this is when all the new fresh money was being printed up after we took got off the gold standard. And so there's just money sloshing all over the place. All the debt was new and shiny. Made you look prosperous. That's why you got that job. Because companies could just borrow money to, to hire you. Those days are over now. And our kids are suffering from it, from it. A couple of quotes of the day here. This is from Thomas Jefferson. I've read this one before, but I'll do it again. Quote, if the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. The issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people to whom it properly belongs. 
Does that children waking up homeless on the continent that their forefathers conquered? Does that sound a little bit more more appropriate today? We got an eleven percent rise in homelessness. This, these these homeless people, these increases in homelessness, it's not just the losers and the drug addicts and the mentally ill that are out there now. It is people who cannot afford to find a place to live. And to those of you out there that say that could never happen to me, God bless you. You probably have good family support. Some people don't have that. Can you even imagine? What is it? Something like 60% of Americans right now can't scrape together $400. What happens when you lose your job? You miss the very next rent payment, and you're on the street. Middle class, hardworking people. And here is uh, here is the other one. This was um, this is Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson said, "I am a most unhappy man. I have unwittingly ruined my country. A great industrial nation is controlled by its system of credit. Our system of credit is concentrated." The growth of the nation, therefore, and all of our activities are in the hands of a few men. We have come to be one of the worst ruled, one of the most completely controlled and dominated governments in the civilized world. No longer a government by free opinion, no longer a government by conviction and the vote of the majority, but a government by the opinion and duress of a small group of dominant men. He said this when he realized what he had done after signing the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. Eisenhower warned us about the military-industrial complex. We ignored him. No biggie. We, we, we ignored Woodrow Wilson for over 100 years now. It did take a while for it to really take root. But it's taking root now, so maybe if we could trace this back and actually properly identify the problem, it might help fix things. Republicans aren't going to fix it, are they? Democrats aren't going to fix it, are they? Unless you force them to, unless people came together and forced them to. This is Christine Lagarde, quick clip from her. This is, this is what these people try to tell you. Inflation has um, just pretty much come about from nowhere. Yeah, that's Christine Lagarde. Inflation just came out of nowhere. It had nothing to do with the trillions and trillions over the last 14 years, these tens of trillions of dollars they just printed up to dilute the value of the money that you kept in your pockets. It just came out of nowhere. This is our own Jerome Powell. For the general public, for those working families of people, why 2%? Why is getting it to 2% so important? Um, so that's that has become the globally agreed, <clears throat> essentially all major central banks target. <clears throat> yeah, this is, is that's kind of like that throat clear right before you lie. The globally agreed. Did you agree to two percent inflation? Another point I've been making for seven years. Why, why do you want the value of your money to be worth twenty percent less every ten years? They they target this inflation because a credit system like we have has to constantly grow. Or it dies. And he tells you, oh, it's globally agreed. This, this is like the COVID protocols. Oh, all the scientists agree that ivermectin's no good. All the scientists agree that the vaccines are great. This is the, it's the global consensus. It's not the consensus of the people. I don't know anybody who's, I'll say, hey, you want to you wanna sock away? I keep cash, particularly these days. Do you want that cash to be worth less every year? Because the Federal Reserve has come out to your face for over a century now and said, "Yeah, we're going to try to we're going to try to devalue that money 
that you're saving there. 2% inflation in one form or another. Um, and uh, it, How does that help my Nevada families? How does that help people in Nevada? I'll tell you how it does. And it, it, it's, um, yeah. I guess it's, it's obviously not, uh, it's not obvious how that is, but it, what 2% inflation, to have people believe that inflation is going to go back to 2% really anchors inflation there because, you know, the evidence is, is and, and the, the modern belief is that people's expectations about inflation actually have a real, an effect on inflation. If you expect inflation to go up 5%, then it will, you know, if everyone kind of expects that because that's what businesses and households will be expecting and, and it will kind of happen because they expect it. So Now, the question actually was, how does this help uh, my family is in, in Nevada, your 2% inflation target? He didn't answer that question, did he? Huh, that's weird because he can't. He cannot answer that question. And they've been doing this for 110 years now. And the American people are, quite frankly, too ignorant I don't want to say stupid. Ignorant means you haven't learned something. Stupid means you can't learn something. American people are too ignorant and, quite frankly, uninterested to figure out why their way of life is eroding. No, oh, it just would have been so good. The Rich Men of Richmond song would have mentioned the Federal Reserve System. If they had just thrown that in, boy, that, number one on iTunes. I mean, nobody's listening to me. <laughs> a lot of people listening to that guy's song. A lot of people watching that woman's video that I played earlier. If she would stop in the middle of that thing and say, do you realize that a literal handful of people, well, that's probably, I can't really say literal. You can't hold a bunch of people in your hand. I take that back. I hate the overwork, overuse of the word literal. A very, very small, we're probably talking, in a nation of 330 million people, we're probably talking about around 2,000 people. 2,000 versus 330 million people. Do you understand how, the amount of control over information you have to have to maintain that balance and come out on top? The 2,000 win, the 330 million lose? No, nah, that's not true. So some, of the, some of the people win. A few million of the people in this country are benefiting from the system, but, but it ain't the middle class. It's not the working poor. It's not a typical Republican. It's not a typical Democrat. None of you benefiting from it. But your leaders don't talk about it. Isn't that strange? And what's very interesting to me is we see a lot right now talking about uh, Marxism and communism under Joe Biden and what they're doing to our schools, all, all valid stuff. The state is growing under Joe Biden and becoming more controlling. Of course, it was becoming more controlling, and the state was growing under Donald Trump, and it grew under Obama, and it grew under Bush, and it grew under Clinton, and it grew under Bush, and it grew under Reagan. It just grows and grows and grows. But with a lot of focus now on this communism and socialism coming to our country, do you know what the fifth plank of the Communist Manifesto is? Anyone? Anyone? The fifth plank of the Communist Manifesto is centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly. Huh. Isn't that interesting? I don't have time to get you to go through all ten of the planks. Certainly number two is a heavy progressive or graduated income tax, another plank of the Communist Manifesto. Are there Republicans or Democrats out there telling you that they're going to get rid of the income tax? No. Oh, Donald Trump says he's going to give you a big cut on it. It's still going to be big. It's still going to take money out of the private sector. It's still going to strip people of their wealth, but a little less. Let's cheer for that guy. 
A couple more clips. I guess I'll go ahead and take a break now, see if I can get to them. As I say, I'm just trying to pounce on the moment. People are starting to understand the consequences of what we've been doing for the last hundred years. Let's diagnose the problem correctly. We'll be right back. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho, yeah. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho. All right, final few minutes of the show. I really do encourage people, go look up the 10 planks of the Communist Manifesto. I think you're going to be a little surprised to see that we have just about every single one of them in place. One of them is a a free education for all children in government schools. We've got this one here that people might disagree with. Abolition of private property and land and application of all rents of land to public purpose. Well, Mike, we can own property here, so it's different. Yeah, you try not paying your property taxes for a couple of years. You have to rent. You're renting your property. I don't care if you paid off your mortgage. You're renting You're renting that property from the government. Try not paying it. Of course, Republicans had an opportunity to address this situation years and years ago. This is Patrick Bet David. He's a podcaster interviewing the one man while the Republican Party was selling you on John McCain and Mitt Romney. There was one man that was actually talking about the system and the destruction that it would wreak on the uh, middle class in the United States. He was ignored, sidelined, laughed at. <laughs> not, everybody's not laughing now. Well, let's talk about the next thing. Uh, ending the Fed. You wrote a book based on a talk you gave. I think you gave a talk in Michigan, I want to say. And you were talking about the Fed. Some kids scream, end the Fed. And they start taking out, you know, <laughs> currency. And they're ripping it up. And they're throwing it, you know, all this other stuff. And it became this revolution type revolution love behind it that was your campaign ron paul revolution and that led into you writing the book end the fed so talk about end the fed because when i read the book end the fed it is a very convincing book if you haven't read the book end the fed no matter how old you are whether you're a republican democrat independent libertarian you don't care about politics you got to read the book end the fed i want to mention that episode in in michigan Mm -hmm. because what you mentioned there is a very important point for me is that I didn't, uh, of course, I talked about the Fed and that was my position, but it wasn't so much that I was up there lecturing the kids. Uh, you know what I want to do is end the Fed. All right, you people, it's a shout out, end the Fed, end the Fed. What shocked me and the reason I wrote the book then was they had heard this from other sources. That meant the educational process has infiltrated the climate. They weren't saying uh, legalize marijuana or something like that. They said, and the Fed, and the Fed. So they were already there. And, uh, of course, they, they probably knew my position. But I thought that was an encouragement to me to know that they, they already knew. Kind of goes that. back to how you ran for office, which was yeah. accidental. Yeah. You kind of inspired and you tell your wife. So, so, so purpose of the book. The whole thing is, is uh, I want to end the Fed. we got to get rid of it. Central banking is bad. The world endorses it. Fiat money is counterfeit money. It's a source of many of our problems today, all these trade problems that Trump is harping on. It's it's all related to the monetary system. Okay. And uh, it's, it's a tremendous amount of power. You can imagine what, what it would be like if, uh, if, if you came across a group that had the printing press 
And they could print money, but it was really counterfeit because it wasn't the government. And they would print so much, it usually would destroy the value. It would, it, counterfeiting is so bad. The reason, well, there's so many reasons. First, it uh, allows governments to get too big. This argument's going on for a long, long time. But in our history, it went on with Jefferson and Hamilton. And Hamilton was for the central bank and regulating and, uh, and control the money and all. I'm run out of time to finish out that clip. It's got about a minute more to go, and I don't have a minute. But you had a chance for a revolution. <laughs> now Argentina. Argentina may be the closest one to understanding to throw out the bankers on their ears and actually save their country. Now, again, they had to live through about a dozen huge financial crises. I think the average inflation rate in Argentina used to be one of the wealthiest nations uh, on planet Earth. Their average inflation rate during modern times, I think, has been around 105% per year, meaning prices have doubled every single year. Well, this was coming to America. And it's just, it's, it's sad to me. You're so close. You understand that there's a problem. But Donald Trump's not talking about this. Joe Biden's certainly not talking about it. Big Mike Obama's not going to be talking about it. Chris Christie's not talking about it. None of them are talking about it because they benefit from it. You don't. So if you want to have this populist movement, interject this particular issue, you go a lot further. Got to go. See ya. Oh, hello.